When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. We hold these truths to be self-evident. For enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it is. Thank you for coming over here either to the YouTube channel, to Spotify, or to Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys listen to them. doesn't really matter. If you guys do me a favor, you guys are watching this on YouTube, click the link at the top of the bio. Go ahead and follow me over at Spotify. We were sitting in the top 25 in the world. I want to see if we can make a push to the top 10. If you guys are on the road right now listening to me, thank you so much over on Spotify. That's uh, I do sincerely appreciate it. But seriously, if you're on YouTube watching this, you guys should just click on just go to Spotify and just follow it on Spotify. So then you guys can literally just listen to it at any time. And you'll know it'll get we they're they're announced on Spotify and they're released on Spotify first, like almost 24 hours in advance. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you're like almost a day late, essentially. So if you want to hear it on Spotify, it's over there first, just so you're aware. So out the gate, we're going to talk a little bit about General Milley. As you guys do know, yesterday we spoke about him possibly being um, hit up for some treason, some treasonous acts, talking with China being friends with Chinese Communist Party. So Trump's acting defense secretary, Miller, says that he did not authorize Millie making any sort of China phone calls, which is kind of, as we'll talk about here in a second, you're going to realize that both sides are saying that almost a complete opposite. I don't think anybody wants to take a fault for, for anything right now. This also could be um, being kind of somewhat blown out of proportion. If you guys want, to, want me to be honest with you, it could also be literally absolutely nothing could have happened. It could just be that one general was talking to the other general of another major country just to reassure them that we weren't going to do anything. I mean, that's what it could be. This could be one of his jobs. I don't know. I've never been in that position ever in my entire life. I know what normal military people do, and it's definitely not call the Communist Party of China to tell them we're not going to attack them. I have no fucking idea. Maybe, maybe that, I don't know. So here you go. So former acting Secretary of Defense Christopher Miller, who led the Pentagon from a period of just after the 2020 election through the inauguration day. So we're talking a couple months here. He says that he did not authorize anything to do with General Milley's calls. He goes on to say he would never authorize any of the calls, the secret calls with his Chinese counterpart describing the allegations as a disgraceful and unprecedented act of insubordination, calling him to resign immediately. Now, if that's the case then yes, I think he needs to do more than just resign. He's going to have to deal with a lot of shit when it comes to court-martialing and stuff like that. And that's going to be kind of a fiasco because, I mean, he literally is in charge of the military. That's going to be an absolute just fucking mess. So Miller went on the reference to the calls um, that were included in this book that's going to be coming out. The book claims that Miller contacted Lee after he had reviewed intelligence that suggested Chinese officials believed the United States was planning an attack on China amid military exercises in the South China Sea. 
The authors of the book also claim that Milley contacted Lee a second time to reassure him that the U.S. would not make any type of advances or attack China in any form, as Milley promised. We are 100% steady, everything's fine, but democracy can be sloppy at times. So if that's the case, if General Milley is really doing that kind of shit, then yes, it is treason. But, I mean, I have no idea how they're going to figure this out, if this is true or not. They do say that there's 15 people that were inside of the room when the calls were present and everybody actually knew about it. Uh, someone does go on to say that they were not secret. A U.S. official told Fox News about the calls, which took place over video teleconference. So if there's 15 people within this room that said that it, they they were not secret, I mean, then is, is it really that big of a deal? Is this just something that's getting blown out of proportion, just like a lot of shit in America does? Gets absolutely just fucking skyrocketed to the ceiling for, for no reason. Uh, mainly just to get clicks and views because there's nothing going on. Just like everybody on YouTube does. So... But it also goes on to state that Fox News learned, like I said, 15 people were present for the calls and that there were multiple note takers present and said the calls were both conducted with a full knowledge of then Defense Secretary Mark Esper and then Acting Defense Secretary Chris Miller. So that's a, that's the thing is Miller said that he didn't know anything. But this this right here in these, this report is stating that he didn't know and there's also 15 people within the room as well. So if that's the case, I mean, it's, it's going to come out at some point, I would assume. I don't know how they're going to find out it entirely like how but if there's 15 people in the room someone's gonna say something a former uh, chief of staff of the department of defense cash patel added that if if the calls are true millie has violated the law regarding operational authority calling a foreign counterpart and discussing operational capabilities against that enemy is literally treasonous so that's the big reason behind this entire thing just in case any of you guys haven't figured out between today and yesterday the White House nor the Office of Secretary of Defense authorized the chairman to conduct any calls with the Chinese officials regarding the operations. So if that's the case, then Milley's got a fucking major issue on his fucking hand. Like, not just the media scolding him, but he's got a lot more fucking problems. Like, a lot more problems. Apparently, he's had, uh, Milley, that is, has had 20 phone calls with Lee and NATO allies in the wake of the January 6th riot in effort to reassure the U.S. government was stable. And to reassure China that the U.S. did not plan a surprise attack. To me, that is kind of crazy that that you would have to call and you would call a a, 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 a known enemy of the United States. I'm not going to say that is like we don't. The United States is never going to say, yeah, China's our fucking enemy. But they I mean, they really are. If you think about it, they really are. It's like it kind of reminds me of Russia back in the 80s. You know, a lot of people don't realize this or maybe some do. I mean, we we literally funded the Taliban in a sense and and fought through the Taliban, I would say vicariously, through the Taliban, uh, which I don't think they were called the Taliban at that time, though they weren't. It was back they were they were created back in the nineties, I think it was like ninety-four. But we'll just say a, a, a the militias. We were running little militia groups throughout Afghanistan fighting the Russians. But we were funding it all. So I don't know. I'm just gonna we're just gonna stop there and move on. But anyway, if General Milley did do this, we got a, he's got a big fucking problem on his hands, and it's a lot worse than just Fox News scolding him, and there had there, honestly, I've, I went and looked at CNN this morning. There's not a single article on CNN about Millie, but there's 15 on coronavirus, and then you go to Fox News, and it's all about Millie and none about coronavirus. It's very strange. So, if you guys also didn't know, migrant encounters at the border are up 317 percent from last August. And that's not me making up anything. This is literally, but it's actually from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. So, this is not. Right or left, this is not Fox, this is not CNN, this is directly from the federal government itself. 
Migrant encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border at a 21-year high. 21-year high. That my camera guy is not even 21 years old. What that aren't you? You're not. Even, yeah, he turns 21. Four days. Four days. Four days from now, he'd be 21. So there you go. So the migrant encounters are at the the height as they've been since he's been born. The U.S. Border Patrol reported nearly 200,000 encounters with migrants along the U.S. border in July, the highest monthly total in two decades, more than two decades. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you guys can go. If you're not watching on the YouTube, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But right now we have an image up, and you guys can see the actual migrant encounters at the border, so you guys can see it from month. This goes all the way back to the year of 2000, March of 2000, um, just before that, actually. I think it's January. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. March of 2000 is when they hit 220,000. So this is like literally before 9-11. And then you could tell after 9-11, they legitimately cracked down on security as a whole. I mean, from 2001, there was a little bit spike in 05. But since then, I mean, it has absolutely plummeted. And whenever Biden took office, it's got, I mean, it is so telling the rocket ship of border crossings. It's like they knew Trump's out. We can do whatever we want. And they just started flooding the border. So there you go. There's that. And it's literally a 317% increase over last August, which saw 50,000 encounters. And that's a 233% increase from August of 2019. So you can, you can say it's because of COVID of last year. Yeah, that's probably pretty true. There were still 50,000 encounters last year. And the year before there was uh, 62,000. But this year there's 208,000. 208,000 at the border in comparison to 50 and 60 from the year prior and then the year before that. So the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, sorry if I absolutely butchered uh, your last name there. A couple of days ago, I was down in Mexico and I said, look, you know, if, if our borders are the first line of defense, we're going to lose and this is unsustainable. That's what he had stated. We can't continue like this. Our people in the field can't continue and our system isn't built for it. So, the people that are down there on the border are literally stating that they, they, they can't do this for much longer. And this wasn't anything that was stated to the public. This is actually audio that was leaked over to Fox News. So this guy, he didn't come out and like say it to a news station. It was actually just leaked audio that was to Fox News. So I don't know. Usually people say their the true stuff when they, they know that it's not going to be made public like that. So that, that is very unfortunate. But if you guys did not know, the U.S. will also require all new immigrants applying for a permanent residency to be vaccinated against COVID. That is right. If you're coming in from the border, you must be vaccinated. But if you wait across it illegally, you don't have to be vaccinated. That is actually true. And I think we actually have a video of our fine, fine secretary, whatever the fuck she wants to be called. You want to go and roll that? You're trying to require anybody with a job or anybody who goes to school to get the COVID-19 vaccine but you are not requiring that of migrants that continue walking across the southern border into the country. Well, look, our objective is to get as many people vaccinated across the country as humanly possible. And so the president's announcement yesterday was an effort to empower businesses, to give businesses the tools to protect their workforces. That's exactly what we did. But certainly we want everybody to get vaccinated and more people are vaccinated, whether they are migrants or whether they are workers, protects more people in the United States. But it's a requirement for people at a business with more than 100 people, it is not a requirement for migrants at the southern border. Why? That's correct. Go ahead. 
So that was the most infamous White House press secretary of all time, the leader of the Circle Backers. She had some wise words of wisdom there for everybody in America. If you guys did not know, if you guys are going to work in America, you need it. If you don't want to work in America, you don't need it and they're going to pay you. If you cross the border illegally, don't worry, you don't need a shot. But if you come here, work illegally, don't pay your taxes and then want to apply for citizenship, then you must get the shot. If you don't get the shot, you're not going to be a fucking American. But if you cross illegally, you could still work, not pay taxes and infect tons of people. Just going to throw that out there. They're not going to send you back. If you have a family, they're not sending you back. So if you want to cross the border, but if you come by yourself, it does state here that they will send you back because the Trump era stuff just went back into effect. So if you're single, you better find yourself a wife or a husband or a child. Just don't take somebody else's child and try to come across the border. It would work, but please don't do that. That's a terrible thing to do. So there you go. There's our most infamous White House telling us that you do not need to be vaccinated if you're an illegal immigrant that's coming across illegally, because that's how illegals come across the border. So in other news, LA County does plan to require COVID-19 vaccinations in indoor bars, nightclubs, breweries, and wineries. Yes, that is right. If you have no vaccine, you cannot go get yourself an alcoholic beverage in LA, in LA County that is. Proof of COVID-19 vaccination will be required at indoor bars, wineries, breweries, nightclubs, lounges in LA's county under a forthcoming health order. One official said that will help further armor the region against another coronavirus wave, which to me, some of this shit is kind of wild. So it's indoor bars, wineries, breweries, nightclubs. That's it. Why? Why does it have? Why food? Are they just why are they just targeting just food places? If you're going to fucking do it, do it across the board. Don't just don't just go after food. What's the difference between a brewery and an indoor bar from a hair salon or a tanning salon or a fucking gym? What are you doing? If you're going to be a communist fuck, you may as well just be a communist fuck all across the board, not just a little bits here and there, which is kind of funny. What did I talk about yesterday? At the end of that podcast, you give them a little, they're going to keep taking and taking and taking. It's the same thing. What happened to Jews in Germany back in the thirties? I stated this in yesterday's podcast. It may not be as severe because we know the outcome of what happened in, with Germany and the Jews, but this is just taking human rights away from them and their, their freedoms. The mandate will also apply to employees of those established require that both they and patrons that have at least one vaccine dose by October 7th are fully vaccinated by the 4th of November. This is announced by the public health director, Barbara Ferrer. That was literally announced yesterday during a board of supervisors meeting. So that's what's crazy in L.A. County. You have a board of supervisors that are literally controlling how you run your fucking business. And yet they tax the absolute fucking piss out of you in L.A. I mean, the highest tax rates in the country, the highest homelessness rate. I mean, it's a fucking it's a dog shit place to live when they're still taking more and more away from the people that live there. The county's standing requirement that residents mask up indoor public settings will remain in place. So not only do you have to be fucking vaccinated and have proof of being vaccinated, but you must wear a mask while you're indoors. The thing I still am somewhat confused about is if the vaccine is so, if it's so good, why do they force you to wear a mask? It's so confusing to me. And that, that's a probably, it's probably confusing to a ton of other Americans as well. Everybody in America gets a vaccine. I'm going to tell you right now. Everybody gets it. So everybody's gotten it now. We're a year down the road. Are they still enforcing that you wear a mask indoors to stop the spread of the coronavirus, which is actually somewhat kind of crazy i saw an image you know what? i'm gonna pull it up right now it, it's not disinformation I'm not spreading anything like that but if you look at it that's literally from end of 2019 and the red shifts into 2020 as you you can see on the chart but then it skyrockets like it does every single year in the fall and the winter 
and then it comes off. But if you guys can see between 2020 and, and currently right now, we're at 2021, there hasn't been any, like literally no recorded cases of just a normal flu. And I'm not trying to spread any disinformation whatsoever. I'm just trying to just shed some light on some shit that really is somewhat kind of confusing. And if they would just be kind of honest about that in general, I know that the coronavirus is, is terrible and it has killed a lot of people. But when you see a chart like that, that actually states that there's no, there's, there's literally the normal flu has gone away. So are they just combining those numbers? People have, people do die from the normal flu every year. I don't know if you guys realize that or not, but a lot of people do die just from the normal flu. So are they combining both of those numbers? Are they doing it on accident? Are they doing it on purpose? Did the flu just go away because of COVID's here? I, does anybody really know? I don't know. Anyway, there you go. Just found something like that. I saw it on Instagram. Did a little bit of fact checking on it because you always know that that chick is about the same as anywhere else. You see it. You don't want to scream from the rooftops about what you saw on Instagram because it couldn't be fucking, it could be fake. But hopefully you guys go and look. But that's, that's the first one that pulled up. And it's uh, from Scientific America. So there you go. It, it, is, it is pretty nuts when you look at it from, from the point of view of where the fuck did the normal flu go? Like, where did it go? Did it go away because everybody stayed indoors for two weeks? No, probably not. But what I'm just, I mean, it's a good question to ask. I don't think anybody's really asked that question in the first place. But Portland, if you guys did not know this, the also great Portland, one of the fucking worst places in America as of right now when it comes to how the, the, the places ran. I mean, it's ran like an absolute fucking mess. If you guys don't know this, it is an absolute just mess of a place to live. So if you guys did not know, Portland has now scrapped their, their Texas boycott plan. If you guys didn't know this, about a week ago we had stated that they were looking to to boycott everything that had to do with Texas because of the new abortion law. That is exactly what have happened. And apparently they have actually purchased nearly $35 million worth of goods from, from Texas over the last five years. So they were basically just trying to kill anything that came out of Texas that was going to go into Portland. So Portland, Oregon has now abandoned plans this week to ban city business with Texas or the Lone Star's controversial new abortion law amid worries it would hurt Texans most affected by it, which is kind of crazy because here in Texas, we're more like, you know, be fucking free, do whatever you want. So every single Texan, I would say at least 75% of us here in Texas, I'm not going to speak for the people that are in Dallas, Houston, or Austin, because they're kind of fucking weird, in, to be honest with you. And they kind of would agree more with probably what's going on with Portland. But most Texans aren't like, you know what? Fuck everybody from Portland. You guys have some Antifa bullshit going on. You guys have defended police completely. Fuck you. We're not buying anything from you. None of us said any of that because we don't fucking care. Like, we're not the ones living there. Like, we don't care that you literally live in filth and you have Antifa breaking windows. Like, that's on you. Sure, if you if you create some goods from, from Portland, you got a great beer. I'll import it. I'll drink the shit out of it. You know, but they were they were just doing some political stunt. He goes on to state that our city is overwhelmed with multiple crises. No shit. I, I would agree with that. This council should focus on solving those. He said we have a gun violence crisis. We have a homelessness crisis. We have a trash crisis and we have a pandemic. I love how they always throw the pandemic in there. Everybody's had to deal with this. But your biggest fucking issues there, Portland, I'm going to speak speak pretty freely here, which is which is kind of crazy. I know. Right. Uh, Antifa is a pretty big fucking deal. Maybe the defending of the police is a probably huge deal. I don't believe you have a gun problem, gun violence problem. That's more like Chicago and everywhere else, which is kind of funny that you're stating this, that you have a gun violence problem. Yeah, you have a gun violence crisis. No, you have a violence crisis in general. You have Antifa running your fucking city. So that's probably your biggest concern. 
He goes on to state this. Will what we do today fundamentally change the mindset of Texas legislators? Probably not. You know why? Because those motherfuckers didn't care. I promise you. Here in Texas, the legislature's like, oh, that's kind of goofy. All right, so what are we going to have for lunch? That's literally what the conversation was when they found out. No one gave a fuck of what Portland says. But what we will do is send a very strong message to the people of Texas that we don't abandon them just because, unfortunately, they have the leadership that they have. Actually, I love the leadership we have in Texas. We don't have any kind of fucking problems you do. So thank God we actually have leadership. We actually have leadership in Texas, unlike Portland. They have no fucking leaders whatsoever. Uh, but he goes on to say, we will not be silent in the face of oppression and control. We will speak out, act, and hold other states accountable for disappropriate harm they inflict on communities of color, women, gender, non-binary individuals, poor working families, and immigrant communities. And then uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, of course, <laughs> This is what he says. It's a complete joke. It's literally what it is. A city led by depraved uh, officials allows lawlessness, putting their citizens in grave danger. A boycott will hurt them, not us. Texas economy is stronger, stronger than ever. We value babies and police. They don't. <laughs> See what I said? To me, that's fucking hilarious. That you literally came out and you said, yeah, we don't really fucking care if you don't buy anything, to be honest with you. You're the one that's hurting more than us. I bet you, I bet you they realize up there in Oregon, they're like, Fuck, we actually need what they have down there. All right, we're going to go ahead and stay that we we so for your non-binary points of views, but we have to still buy your shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is pretty much a complete fucking joke. You can't say it's not. It is. <laughs> like, I promised out of your Texas we don't give a shit if we buy anything from Oregon or not, or if they buy stuff from us. Oh, well, let's move on to some of my favorite stuff, and that is my good friends, the Taliban. The Taliban is doing some stuff, as as Joe Biden would say. The Taliban. I don't know why the fuck he calls them the Taliban, but they're the Taliban. If you guys do not know this, if you use the Taliban, it makes you sound like you're fucking more educated than what you are. So, the Taliban is now putting a bounty on a female prosecutor's head who fought for children forced to plant bombs. Here we go. They're hunting down a a female right now, an Afghan prosecutor who for four or excuse me, for years had investigated child abuse cases involving the militant group, forcing her into hiding in fear for her execution. This is another factual thing that's going on. For some reason, I always find, find an article that is stating the Taliban is currently executing people or trying to find them and execute them. Cause that seems to be a, a thing that just keeps going on and on the same fucking rotation over there. And for some reason we haven't, haven't deemed them to be a fucking terrorist organization. So this lady actually lived in Wardak province. So Wardak is a, a pretty, pretty, pretty bad place. When I was, when I was in Afghanistan, Wardak was pretty bad. They sent her this letter. You have been accused by the Mujahideen of the Islamic State Emirate of, of, of aiding and abetting infidels. Yes, that is right. Aiding and abetting infidels. So this is the funny thing is yesterday, Taliban were stating they wanted our fucking money. We needed to send the money. And I on here on this show, I told them to fuck off. We're not sending you a thing. So hopefully we do that because we're infidels. Apparently said the letter, which had addressed to Mina. Her name is Mina. They just used a name like this is not a real name. We order you to leave your job and help or cooperate with the Mujahideen of the Islamic State of Emirate. It added, you will not be harmed by the Mujahideen if you please Allah. Okay. So how the fuck do they know if she's going to please Allah or not? That's the real question. I, she says, uh, I will 100% be killed if found that her former colleague was executed by the Taliban fighters in Panjshir on Monday. That is a place I discussed. That is a valley that they, there's a lot of anti-Taliban people in. So apparently her colleague was killed on Monday. That is not super uncommon. I mean, I've been stating that's going to happen. She said that Taliban officials are now offering a 
bounty of 500,000 Pakistani rupees, which is equivalent to $3,000 here in America, which is kind of the crazy because the sum is just shy of the national medium income average around 4,000. So let that sink in. $3,000 in, in Afghanistan is an absolute shitload of money. So pretty much her, her big thing is she was a prosecutor and she goes on to say they forced children to help plant bombs on roads and in cars and a lot of them died. I do know this is a, is a fact. I do know this 100%. I could speak on firsthand knowledge of this. You know how many times kids came up to us and they told us where IEDs were or mines were? They had such knowledge of where all this shit was. For one, they're always playing out there. I mean, it, it they, they find shit. Um, a lot of times the Taliban or Al-Qaeda or just the terrorist fucks, they'll go out and they'll plant stuff at night. They always did it at night under, under dark. Like we couldn't see them, which a lot of times we didn't see them. So they would plant it and the kids would find it. They'd be upper dirt or be like new dirt. You know, like, you know what dirt looks like when you dig it up and it's next to dry dirt. It looks a little different. And they would come and they would tell us and they would come and blow it up. So pretty much she's not lying here when she states that, yes, kids have died in... They probably will continue to die because I couldn't imagine the amount of toe poppers that are still out in Afghanistan right now, like little mines that are just meant to maim you. Also on the top of the bullshit list, did you guys know that Abdul Ghani, the guy that is pretty much in charge of the Taliban, you guys don't know this, he was in Time's top 100 most influential people of 2021. That is right. A terrorist piece of shit. What the hell's going on? Times? The Times put him in the top 100 most influential people of 2021. What the fuck? So they go on to say he was made the deputy prime minister of the top role given to another leader, more acceptable to younger, more hardline generation of Taliban commanders, a quiet, secretive man who rarely gives public statements or interviews. Bardar nonetheless represents a more moderate current within the Taliban. What in the actual, there is no such thing as a fucking moderate terrorist. The one that will be the thrust into the limelight to win the Western support and desperately needed financial aid. The question is whether the man who coaxed the Americans out of Afghanistan can sway his own movement. That is directly from, that's literally off Time's time. That's literally off their website. So and he is the most influential person, people of 2021. Who the fuck thought to put a terrorist on the list? He should be, he's on a terrorist list. Like, that's where he should be and should remain. He shouldn't be on the most influential people of 2021 list. So there you go. So if you guys also didn't know, Al-Qaeda is also regrouping in Afghanistan. That is a report that is coming out. And that's actually, for some reason, it just came out today. And I don't know why Fox or CNN is not reporting on it. Maybe they just haven't came across it yet. Somehow I, I, I find this before them, which has happened a couple times, actually, over the last couple of weeks. So the CIA on Wednesday said that they are noticing early signs that Al-Qaeda may be regrouping in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan, which is not a fucking shocker. It shouldn't be a shocker to anybody. Current intelligence report indicate that some potential motion of Al-Qaeda returning to Afghanistan. However, the CIA in particular is already working to develop methods to work within the horizon. Now, I want to know what the fuck does work within the horizon means. That means doing operations, not within Afghanistan, but on the borders. So there you go. Cohen acknowledged that the shuttering of the United States embassy in Kabul, as well as the closure of network of CIA stations across Afghanistan has diminished the ability of American intelligence agency to access conditions on the ground. That shouldn't be shocking anybody. We don't have a way for anybody to give us Intel because we're not there anymore. So the shit's going to spread like a, a virus and or a cancer. Cohen added that much intelligence that has been collected in recent weeks comes from over-the-horizon platforms, meaning that the collection has taken place from countries that border Afghanistan. So it's non-reliable sources, essentially. 
At the moment, the United States Intelligence Committee estimates that it could take Al-Qaeda between one and two years to amass its former strike capability so as to directly threaten American interests. So there you go. There is your update. It will be within one to two years they will have enough power to actually directly threaten the American interest, which is somewhat kind of a fast period if you think about it. But actually, it could happen a much faster. Think about it. They thought Afghanistan would last a lot longer from what had currently happened. They thought it was going to take months and in, in when in fact it took weeks. So if they're saying it takes years, is it going to take six months, three months, 12 months? Do they actually know who's held accountable for this? If it happens while Joe Biden's office, I mean, could have a little bit of fucking problems on our hands because we know he's probably not going to do much about it or he's going to be forced to do something about it because it'll be right before an election. Now think about that. We're sitting at the edge of 2021 right now. Looking at 2023-ish is when this could happen. So you're looking at the Taliban could start doing something. Excuse me. Al-Qaeda could start doing something because they're in a Taliban-held country and it could now become a threat to the United States and that's going to force them to do something and actually win the independence. Go to 2023 because he actually did something right. He corrected his mistake that he made two years ago. That is something to think about and that could be a fucking possibility. Also, the last thing we're going to talk about when it comes to the shithead Taliban is the fact that there was $280 million worth of heroin seized. Yes, that is right. You guys all know that they have no economy whatsoever, and I've spoke about this before. They're going to have to rely on drug smuggling, human smuggling, and gun trades and shit like that. Stuff that's pretty much just terrible. They have no infrastructure whatsoever within the country. So the DRI seized heroin disguised as talcum powder from two shipping containers at the Mundras port. Taliban is believed to be relying heavily on drug money to save Afghanistan's economy, which we all do know. So I found this one. This is a crazy one. This is one I found on, I can't even say the website's name, Ahamihabad. I might be right. I have no idea. But that was literally today, September 16th. It goes on to say on Wednesday morning, the director of revenue intelligence of DRI seized two shipping containers at the port. That arrived from Afghanistan, which is now under control of Taliban. Declared at the custom desk as talcum powder, they took a sample of the product and had the powder analyzed. It confirmed the presence of heroin. It is expected to be worth 280 million US dollars. That is right, 280 million dollars right there worth of heroin was seized. So good job for seizing some heroin. It actually went from Afghanistan, is what it says, to Iran and then shipped around, I guess, to it got caught in India, oddly enough. So there you guys go. Hope you guys like that one real quick. The Taliban is currently doing their Taliban shit. And I want to say congrats to, to France here. French forces. That is right. I'm not talking American or British. I'm talking about the French. Good shit French. I do love you for this. They have killed an ISIS chief in, in the Sahara. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. If you guys do not know, we're also fighting a lot of terroristic threats in Iraq and also all over northern africa essentially not really as much in southern africa but northern africa is pretty uh shitty when it comes to terrorist shit that there's a lot of like forces that have been broken off off of al-qaeda and they make these little tiny militias essentially they're not really tiny but you get what i mean french forces have killed uh adnan abdu walid oh my god his name's long anyway he was the leader of the islamic state in the greater sahara i don't even give a fuck this to try to pronounce his name because he's just a massive piece of shit that was from the French president. There you go. Emmanuel Macron announced on Twitter. Good job for announcing it on Twitter. And I'm really glad that you, you got it. This was another major success in our fight against the terrorist groups in Sahil, said the president. In 2017, that shithead that was just killed, I'm not going to say his name, because he doesn't actually deserve to have his name said, because he's a piece of shit, claimed responsibility for the ambush of United States forces 
in Niger that killed four American soldiers. The U.S. Department designated ISIS-GS, see what I mean about fractions, like little pieces, ISIS-K, ISIS, and ISIS-GS, as a foreign terrorist organization in 2018. And then they announced in 2019 a $5 million reward for information leading to the capture of this shithead. He was responsible for the cowardly and particularly deadly attacks targeting civilians and security forces in Niger, Mali, and Barinka Faso. Hmm, never even heard of that place. According to a statement from a French presidential spokesman in 2020, the shithead personally ordered the killing of six French humanitarian workers and their driver and guide. So there you go. One more big terror piece of shit dead down and out. Love it. Good job. Way to go, France. Can we just get, can we have a round of applause for them? Yes, I'm talking about. Yeah, give them a round of applause. Japan's defense minister draws a red line in the island's dispute with China. Here we go. So on this podcast, you guys know I talk about a little bit of the politics that goes on. A lot of people get kind of irritated with that. And I love it because I love getting under the skin of the ones that hate hearing the truth. But we talk about a lot of military shit on here because that's I feel like that's kind of interesting. And I understand a little bit. Here we go. Japan is doing Japan things that Japan should be doing. You ready for this? Japan is drawing a very, very very strong red line when it comes to the island chain also claimed by China. Pushing back at Beijing's increasingly aggressive military posturing and setting the stage for a potential showdown between the region's two biggest powers. Yes, that is right. Japan and China are now turn heads and are about to lock horns. Yes, Japanese Defense Minister Nobu Kishi said the Sonoku Islands, known as the Dayu Islands. Oh my gosh, man, these names. Sometimes I just jack. I know I am. My, my apologies. We're going to say the S Islands and the D Islands. The D Islands. We're going to go to D Island. You know what I mean, Jelly? We're going to go to D Island. Are unquestionably Japanese territory and will be defended as such with Tokyo matching any Chinese threat to the island ship for ship and beyond if necessary. Okay. Hmm. Japan also has said that they have been expecting its expanding its self-defense forces, adding state-of-the-art F-35 fighter jets and converting warships to aircraft carriers for them. It is also building new destroyers, submarines, and missiles, all while noting its military expenditure still pales in comparison with China's increased military spending. But you know what? That's fine. Because Japan is one of our biggest allies. And so is all those then you got Taiwan. We're gonna we're gonna go after them and help them, but and, and so is South Korea. So all that little area over there, which I guess Japan and South Korea are not essentially close to each other, but they are on our side and we're on their side. So we're probably going to help them a little bit. As you guys do you know, Joe Biden did something good. I'm going to give him some praise. He did something good this week, which was actually yesterday. But if you guys do not know, the rocky uninhabited island chain has been disputed by China and Japan for centuries. It lies north of the resort island of Igishaki in Yonunagi. I'm sorry. I just cannot say some of these words. I don't think anybody really can. That Yonunagi. The westernmost of all Japan's islands. So you guys pretty much have Taiwan, and then you have the little islands in between Taiwan and Japan. That's pretty much the deal. That's the ones they're kind of talking about. They're actually closer to Taiwan than they are Japan. So you have South Korea, Taiwan, and Japan pretty much all in this area. And then, of course, you have China. Against Chinese action to the S Islands and the other parts of East China, we have to demonstrate that our government of Japan resultly defending our territory with the greater number of Japanese Coast Guards vessels and that of China. There is no territorial dispute relating the S islands between Japan and other countries. So pretty much it's just Japan versus China on these islands. Japan claims them. Well, if you guys look at it, they're literally in between Okinawa and China. Like they're exactly in between. I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but Okinawa is a 
there's a lot of Marines on that base, but it's not a very big island. And the island of like the mainland of, of Japan has Tokyo and everything. Anyway, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go and take a look at it. But China just go on to say that the D Islands, which is the same as it's the islands we're talking about, and its affiliated islands are an inherent part of China's territory and is our inherent right to carry out our patrols and law enforcement activities in this water. So that's what China has stated. And they have been backing its claim with region with its ship and establishing new laws that give its Coast Guard expanded powers. But according to Japanese authorities, Chinese Coast Guard vessels have ventured into Japanese territorial waters within 12 nautical miles of Japan land 88 times between January 1st and, and August of this year. While in the, the continuous zone, the, the waters between the islands not within 12 miles of shore, there's been 851 times China has come in there. So China's just playing a game at this point. And the game is whose nether regions are bigger is, is, what's gonna, is what's going on right now. Switch on over. We got a fact that China is now warning the U.S. and U.K. of their, their Australia pack could uh, hurt their own interests. If you guys do not know, Biden did something half decent this past. It was yesterday. He did something good. He made a pact with Australia on helping them, facilitating them with some nuclear submarines. And not submarines that have nuclear warheads on them, but nuclear-powered. Now, that kind of pissed France off just a tad. That's kind of funny as I say good shit France, and then now France is actually a little bit irritated with the Biden administration because they kind of hurt him a little bit when it comes to making cash from Australia. China has told the U.S. and U.K. and Australia to abandon their Cold War mentality and risk harming their own interests after three countries unveiled a new defense cooperation pact. So they're making this pact because they know what China's trying to do with Taiwan, and America's actually stepping up a little bit in the Indo-Pacific area, and that's, this, is, this is what this has to do with. While none of the three Western leaders involved either mentioned China, the arrangement is widely understood to be in response to Beijing's expansive and aggression in the South China Sea towards Taiwan. The U.S. President Joe Biden spoke about the need of maintain free and open Indo-Pacific in the address of the region's current strategic environment. So that's exactly what I had just stated. Hawkish Global Times, that's what this says exactly, said that Australia had now turned itself into an adversary of China. The state-backed publication, which often goes further than official pronouncements, warned that Australia could target it as warning to others is act with bravado in allegiance to the U.S. or being military assertive. Thus, Australian troops are also most likely to be the first batch of Western soldiers to waste their lives in the South China Sea. So this stating that Australia is going to be the first one that China is going to attack if they enter the South China Sea. Is that what, is that what this is saying? She, as in a person, not she as in a, a female, S-H-I, said that the mutual support between the U.S. and allies for military buildup would definitely prompt Beijing to respond with uncompromising attitude and countermeasures particularly if the future Australian submarines entered the South China Sea for joint military exercises. He said China will definitely counter it, but the question of what they counter it would be. So there you guys go. A little bit of tension going on right now in the Indo-Pacific. A lot of people may not even realize it because the only thing they talk about on CNN and Fox is either COVID and they talk about General Milley right now. That's pretty much it. That's, that's all that's going on. They don't, no one wants to talk about what could be going on in the South China Sea. Taiwan actually now plans to spend $9 U.S. billion to boost in armed spending in response to the severe threat from China. Taiwan has now announced that they will spend an additional $8.69 billion on defense over the next five years on Thursday, warning the dire need to bolster its weapon systems to resist the severe threat from China. Look at this. How am I doing this? How am I doing this? I'm sitting here in fucking a shitty little room in Texas having a conversation with y'all, and why aren't they talking about this on the news? This should be... 
Fucking front, front headlines. This should be all over it. The news comes after reports on Wednesday that Taiwan's Air Force had budgeted $33 billion. That's in NT, which I don't know exactly what that equates to. Just under a million dollars, or a billion, excuse me. On upgrading its bases, repairing runways, and acquiring missiles, the Chinese communists have continued to invest heavily in national defense budgets. Its military strength has grown rapidly, and it's frequently dispatched aircraft, ships, to invade and harass our seas and airspace. They're talking about over Taiwan. That's what the defense minister of Taiwan has actually said. In the face of several threats from the enemy, the nation's military is actively engaged in military building and preparation work, and it's urgent to obtain mature and mass production of weapons produces a short period of time. So they're trying to look at gaining a lot of military power within a short period. So five years is quite a long time, or excuse me, a quite short amount of time to build up an army. But putting $9 billion into that army will probably get you what you want. They plan to purchase cruise missiles, warships, along with other military equipment, and the ministry has concluded. But I would assume they're probably more or less looking for anti, anti-aircraft anti type shit and missiles because they're really close to China, and that's probably the biggest threat is going to be through sea or air. A land invasion, if that happens, then you probably got a World War III type scenario on your hands. So to close this thing off, this is, uh, I, always, I don't like to make fun of the cities that do this, but it is somewhat ironic because of the fact that all the cities that have done this uh, when it comes to defunding the police, they, it, it, it never makes the headlines over at CNN or anywhere else. So more fallout from how we're defunding Seattle police backward. This is from people within Time Pioneer Square, which is in Seattle, if you guys do not know. Laura Zach owns an art gallery, which is not normally a high-risk enterprise when it comes to worker safety. No shit. I mean, it's just an art gallery. But she finds herself today with zero employees that are willing to even come to work. I was kind of curious after that. I really wanted to fucking know what they were talking about. They decided it's not worth it anymore. She said the other day, at this point, I have no staff that was willing to come down here. Catherine Anderson owns a restaurant that is nearby. We are on the brink of having to lock our doors because our staff can no longer take being on the front lines of mental health and harassment patrol. Jonathan Fleming says he feels at times that he's working in the wild, wild west. I don't even call the police anymore. There's no point, he says. I'm at the stage where I just tried to security uh, for every in- incident personally and by myself. So this past week, they apparently have been joined to plead with Seattle officials to help manage a street scene that says is overwhelming the entire neighborhood. If you guys do not know this, I've actually, I went to Seattle, I think, I went to, I went to Seattle last year, matter of fact. And it is, it is an absolute shit show. There is a billion people all over the street. Not literally a billion, but it, it seems like it. Everybody's smoking weed, living under the, like, Seattle itself is a very beautiful place. If you just remove all the bums and all the, the shit that's going on there, like, it's very, it really is. They described how there are multiple incidents each day when people who appear to be suffering from mental illness and drug addiction bash on their windows, harass customers, smash things, or in worst cases, physically threaten and or assault the staff. We're at a complete loss of how to handle the relentless aggression that plays out at our business. This is common sense. You should have known this was going to happen. Not, not essentially the business owners have nothing to do with it, but the people that are in charge. Zek said, when we call the police, they say we choose not to respond. Okay, so that's an interesting way to take it. And then Anderson also recounted calling the police four times in one afternoon to no availability. She added that her plea to city leaders, we know the police are understaffed and we know that they aren't necessarily the solution to problems anyway but I am ready for some real solutions. And there's a ton of pessimism down there right now, apparently. I, I, I don't know exactly what's going on in Seattle. And that must, that must really fucking suck. You can't even go to work to make money because you're too scared someone's going to harass you and or beat your ass or shit on your sidewalk or 
do drugs or smash it. We can give no fucking idea because there's no policing. But the problem in the city and the state haven't yet stood up of any replacement police, let alone judge, uh, judge to see if it is even works like because now they're replacing the police they defunded the police and whatnot up there so we already know that that wasn't going to work in the first place but they did for political reasons and because the humans in general are more like i always say lemmings and uh and goldfish in a sense all democratic cities were screaming for defund the police and so they just went ahead and did it and now they're having to literally no one no one's screaming from the rooftops about defunding the police anymore but they actually went ahead and did it now they're kind of in the Kind of fucked a little bit. There was about 45% drop in number of police and interventions in mental health calls this August compared to previous month averages. The drop is apparently due to a tug of war between police and lawmakers over a new state law restricting when police can use force, passed in the wake of defund the police movement. But meanwhile, a new crisis team, it's called the Triage One, proposed to replace cops in many of these types of situations, which it won't be running until next year, and it approved of only a $700,000 pilot program. So that's not going to get them very fucking far. It doesn't even go and or launch until next year. So what do they do between now and next year when it comes to policing? Nothing. So this is what's kind of funny about these places. I kind of give shit to Seattle, Portland, and L.A. and those kind of areas. You guys defunded the police or you guys wanted to this entire time, but your crime rates have risen significantly. You don't say it's because of defunded the police at all. It's not because of the police. It's because, to be honest with you, it has a lot to do with the way people are fucking raised as well. If you were raised a shithead, and that's what you know, that's what you're going to be. But that's what police are here for, to stop those kind of people. So let's just be honest. That's why we're sitting here having this conversation, or I'm having this conversation, I guess. But I hope you guys did enjoy this video over here or this podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you have a fantastic one. I will see you guys tomorrow. On another Speak the Truth podcast. Other than that, I do love you guys. Go ahead and roll it. Sweet. Oh, gosh, we're not doing a YouTube video. Let's go ahead and roll that outro. Yeah.